Hi, everybody. I'm Diane Canada. We are live. Welcome to our new series that we're starting today, Wicked Witches of the South. <laughs> I anticipate great fun with this topic this week. Woo, Southern women, I'll tell you, we can sure leave a mark, whether that's negatively or positively. I've grown up in the South my whole life. And I went to 22 schools before high school. Yeah, I did get to go all four years in high school, but 22 schools before high school. We moved constantly. My dad was a preacher when I was young. And then my mom um, found herself a single mom and had to make her way raising two kids on her own. And so we moved around a little bit till we were able to finally settle down in Atlanta. But I have seen virtually every flavor of the Southern conservative woman. Most of the women that I have met have hearts the size of Texas, but they are fiercely loyal and protective of their families, their communities, and their belief systems. The large majority of the ones that I have encountered grew up, raised children, lived out their days in the same town that they were born in. They knew everybody and everybody knew them. I didn't know how to relate to that very well because we had moved around so much. I, I wrote a song years ago called Scattered Roots, and that's what it was like for me. But it gave me a front row seat to all different kinds of people. I know, also noticed with my dad being a pastor when I was young and then growing up in the church, church was not only a house of worship for a lot of these women, but it was a house of gossip. I mean, that was the means of staying in the loop and forming coalitions when necessary. As I've observed them carefully, I have seen similar scenes play out city to city to city. I started to see and really notice patterns and motives and how those became clearer and clearer behind all of that naughty behavior. So nowadays, I just get tickled at it. It hardly ever offends me anymore. Um, but today, this week, really, I want to talk about you know, I want to dig down into this topic and I want to talk about what is a wicked conservative <laughs> witch, you know, and what are the behavioral characteristics that are such a turnoff to people? Are we blindly exhibiting that? And if we are, we need to be self-aware and we need to fix it because the Republican Party and I will just say conservative women in general, I think we kind of need a makeover. I think we need to really examine maybe some some blind spots that we have and see if we can't fix them. But we're going to have fun with this this week. I'm going to share my perspectives with you. I invite you to share yours with us. Um, let's determine this week if conservative women really are the wicked witches of the South. All right. So I'm going to be bringing in some friends of mine today to discuss this. And uh, I want to introduce you first to the two ladies that you know who've been with me all along. And then we have a special guest for you today. So first up, let me introduce you to my friend, Debbie Respis. She is a uh, executive coach. She works in the woke co corporate world, bringing her godly principles into that incredible environment. And uh, she's doing a great job. She teaches in areas of manufacturing. She's been in human resources. So she's got a lot of great perspective to bring to the show. Please welcome Debbie Respis in. Hi, Debbie. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you. And uh, also joining us today is my dear friend. She's a financial planner uh, in Franklin, Tennessee, and such a great conservative woman of God. Also, please welcome Lisa Biles to the show. Hi, Lisa. Hi to Diane. Hi, Debbie. 
Welcome, welcome. And then we have got a special guest today that I hope will be joining us uh, throughout the week. Um, we're just going to see what schedules allow, but she uh, she is a fellow candidate. She and I both ran in the 2020 election for State House of Representatives. She was covering more the Memphis area while I was here in the Nashville area. We met on the campaign trail. We were kindred spirits. And uh, I just I think she's going to offer a lot of great insight to this topic today, too. So please welcome in my friend, Patty Possel. Hi, Patty. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Hi. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for right, including me. So this is a this is a fun topic this week. Um, I <laughs> I want to just dive in first to the behaviors that we have personally encountered from conservative women. You know those seemingly wicked witches of the South. What are the things that we've personally experienced that were just, you know? Less than tasteful, let's just say. Patty, I'll bring you in first on this because you and I both ran for state house. Not only were we getting it, uh, getting a lot of this within, you know, our own circles, our own conservative circles, but also from, you know, constituents. <laughs> Potential Absolutely. Constituents. Yeah. We took a pretty big beating, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We did. Because there, there's, you can't imagine what it's like to be a candidate until you're a candidate. You, you can work on other people's campaigns, you can be an, an active voter, but there's no knowledge that you can ascertain prior to being a candidate until you're a candidate. Amen. And, and <laughs> definitely a learning curve to it. No yeah. ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it is not for the faint at heart. If you mm -hmm. don't have a tough skin, you have no business being a candidate. Yeah, yeah. What are the things, so can you give us maybe an example of something, maybe your your most, uh, maybe the, this what stands out to you most on your campaign trail of what you endured from conservative women? Not just conservative women, but some conservative men too. But, yeah. but the struggle for me was they want somebody as a candidate to be strong and a leader but at the same time, you have to be soft and feminine. And so if you're a strong leader and you can make you know, decisions on the fly and actually base them on some kind of fact, then all of a sudden you're the wicked witch because somehow or another, you didn't make it that decision based on their emotional need. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly at battles over whether or not it's an emotional need of the person in front of you or whether or not you want to base things on fact. Yeah. And that's where I really struggled because I'd rather base it on fact and deliver it in a positive manner to the best of my ability. But at the same time, when you're only given three minutes to fix world poverty, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really difficult yeah. to, to bring in that emotional element at the same time as still being observed by whoever it is as somebody who's competent with the skill set to do the actual job. Yeah. So you're constantly at, at odds with yeah. yourself and with them mm -hmm. to show your skills, but at the same time show sensitivity, but at the same time come across as somebody with the authority and knowledge to do the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to say something else? Just that we as women, sometimes we either surround ourselves with people who are going to lift us and work with us, 
or we come across women who, for whatever reason, don't want to lift us and don't want to be a part of the solution. And they see you getting ahead or, or moving forward and they just want to nip at your heels and knock you down for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, and those, yeah, those are the reasons I want to dig into today and, and all week. We're going to be building this topic out all week long. Uh, but it, it is so important for us to understand what's going on behind the behavior. You know, so Debbie, I'm going to bring you in on this one because this is your area, <laughs> right? I mean, this is like what you do, You're kind of dissecting, um, you know, a lot of these behaviors and trying to you know, bring about some change in really tense environments. So yeah, when it comes to conservative women in this topic, what comes to mind for you? Uh, insecurity. Uh, when we talk about wicked women um, or wicked witches, um, I'm actually from the North. Um, I had a lot to overcome moving to the South. And what I found was when you're a strong woman, when you are a convicted woman, when you do have very solid beliefs, based on, in my case, completely biblical, um, it can be very intimidating to some who just don't quite understand it. And that insecurity rears its ugly head and people don't know how to necessarily uh, respond with emotions that they don't understand. Instead, they just react. And reaction is where you're gonna get the, the negative, the gossip and the, um, as Patty said, you know, cutting the legs from under you and um, kind of just doing those backstabbing things. Um, and they don't really realize what they could do. They just step into the ugly because they just don't really comprehend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The insecurity is huge. Yeah, you, Lisa, how about you? What what comes to mind when you think about this topic this week? Well, I think um, one of the things, um, just if you are a woman in leadership, um, whether it be in the church or in politics or in, 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 in your workplace, I think that uh, sometimes there's just a spirit of jealousy that comes up and where someone may be jealous of you and then they lash out and maybe make accusations toward you or um, maybe um, just say some ugly things. I think it's huge to, I really have probably the last decade just really tried to um, not ever be offended. Like that's just my mantra. Don't ever let me be offended. Don't ever let me be offended. And I, I really feel like sometimes um, it's, sometimes I feel like that People will do things that hurt us, but normally I'll just go to the Lord and say, first say, Lord, every day I'm praying, bring people into my life that's supposed to be there and remove the people that are not. So when someone is doing something ugly to me, I really just have to take that to the Lord and say, oh, wait a minute. Um, are you trying to remove them from my life? Is this from you? Is this for a reason? And just kind of let that go. Not part ways um, in, 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 a, in a bad manner, but... Um, trying to understand them and where they're coming from is huge. Or, you know, if you want, if you need resolution to the matter, you know, just going to them as a friend and saying, could you just explain your side a little more? I just feel like a lot of times when people lash out, it's just in that heat of the moment. Um, and, 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 and like the girl said, you know, they're in their feelings and um, you just have to take that for what that is. I grew up with brothers, so I don't kind of get that as much. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it all three of you had such great, great things to say. And 
you know, Patty, I loved what you said, how when when a woman starts to get ahead, that can kind of bring some of this to the surface. Um, you know, you were talking about insecurity, Debbie, and now the jealousy part on with what you just shared, Lisa. I had made a little list before we came on the air today of some of the things I've experienced, you know, the haughtiness, looking down their noses, the gossip, rumor mill, um, the backbiting, cattiness, jealousy, insecurity, all these things. And, you know, when I was thinking about it, as we've built, you know, context in this show now, one of the ways that I overcome it and is by just having compassion. And that's really hard to do in a moment. Like, like you said, Lisa, one of my big goals these days is to try to refuse to be offended, just refuse to be offended. And that is a choice, you know, and a lot of people say, well, I can't help it. You, you know, yeah, we really can help it. it, but we can't do it. We can't like will ourselves to do it. It's more of a change of heart that we have to have about it. So if we look at the people and we're like, you know what, she, she just having compassion for the fact that all of these things, every single one of them are rooted in a lack of self th- valuing themselves. Because if someone really did have, if they understood their value, if they understood whose they were, right? We always talk about we are valuable because we're God's kids. You know, we're God's daughters. That's where our value comes from. Not our status, not our position, not our bank accounts, any of that. So if we know that, then when they're exhibiting these behaviors, not that we all don't slip and fall sometimes, but on the whole, they're all rooted in the fact that they just don't know their value. Yeah. You know, or maybe they've forgotten for a minute. Maybe they do overall, but they've forgotten for a minute. And they've made a bad decision, behaved badly. So compassion, you know, is huge. And even the left, you know, like you're saying, Patty, you know, the beatings we took on the the campaign trail from the left, you know, if anybody <laughs> needs a lesson in, in their values, I would say it would be the radical left, you know, because they're looking for every other thing to plug into. Yeah, I see you shaking your head on that, Patty. Yes, <laughs> I mean, they're missing Jesus. (laughs) They are. That's the that is the common denominator in most cases. Either just because they're sitting in a church doesn't make them a Christian, right? No, it does not. A relationship, yeah. And and it's also their actions, right? Because especially when you're in politics, it's a very well. Part of it is public, right? The the public part, you can see how another uh, elected official votes, and so is their voting record matching up with what they're talking about and you know or is there conflict there right Mm -hmm. do they say they're pro-life but then every pro-life bill that comes up they vote against it Mm -hmm. so that causes conflict right so yeah yeah, where do they really stand and then how do you address that on the campaign trail Mm -hmm. in a compassionate way right yeah in a compassionate way in two minutes or less Yes. In two minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so with you. I, I know I, we could, we're going to have a show where it's just you and I, we're going to just go down the, the, the list of experiences that we had that were shockers for us on that, on that campaign. But I want to just say that, you know, the refusing to be offended part is something that takes practice. And the only way we're going to get practice is by dealing with people who continue to offend us. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's, it's really just stepping back and going, okay, like you said, Lisa, there's probably something else going on. If we can go to God, pray about it. sometimes in the moment, I will pray about it and go, God, please help me to not to bite my tongue. Please help me to not react here. Like you say, Debbie, respond, don't react. So, so, so important. But I want to talk next about maybe some, some of the ways that we have exhibited behavior, even because we're not perfect, right? We've made mistakes. 
Um, we've slipped, you know, and what was going on with us, you know, that um, maybe could have been misinterpreted by somebody as being a wicked witch, <laughs> you know, so Debbie, I'll let you take that one first. Um, boy, you know, you name it. I've probably done it, been there. Um, and it is, I think that all of our sin is rooted in pride, in pride mm-hmm. um, yeah. where I think I'm better. I think I'm right. I think I know it all. Yeah. I, 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 it's the I instead yeah. of how do I look at this differently? Um, and I've done it all. I mean, I look back at my life and, you know, I'm, ugh, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> I feel <laughs> terrible. Um, you know, you can't go back and change it, but I can move forward from it and I can learn from it. And that's, that's where Christ in me has brought me to the point where I don't, it is a choice. I don't have to be that way anymore because I don't want to be like that anymore. Um, the, the conversations around everything's offensive, it doesn't have to be. I mean, if we can just be human and look at each other eye to eye and heart to heart and head to head, man, we're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I missed a lot of that when I was younger and immature and full of pride and arrogance. Yeah. So um, been yeah. there, done that. I, I'm mm-hmm. embarrassed to say it, happy to say that I am learning from my, you know, from those, from those errors and being able to step with Christ now um, into a much better role model and a much better servant leader. Yeah. Humility. I mean, that's basically what you're saying is you're, you're humble enough now to say, you know what? (laughs) I haven't arrived. (laughs) None of us have arrived. We're all a hot mess, you know, and every woman I have ever met and I've been around a lot of women (laughs) in my life with moving 22 times and I've consulted women for 25 years. The most, I say this a lot on the show, but the most together looking women, I mean, everything part, like the way they show up in the world, hair's perfect. Nails are done. They look like a million bucks. They like just just stepped off of a runway. You know, they're sweet as they can be. They're well liked. You sit them down and behind that curtain, I'm going to tell you, they're all a hot mess. All of them. I mean, I have yet to meet one. Maybe there was one out there, but I have yet to meet one. So we all have that. And I think just, you know, Lisa, just talking about that humility, you know, the humility, being able to admit it. Yeah, I've, I've screwed up. I've come across as a witch sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is kind of a funny um just a funny topic for me specifically, I think um, I, I deal with this regularly because I, like I said, I grew up with brothers and of course there were always boys at the house and, you know, my mother worked a lot and I would always be at home, you know, cleaning and cooking and all of that. And so it was always boys around. Well, in growing up in the North, you do have a little bit different attitude, right? And it's not to say that you don't care, but what I struggle with, and I still struggle with today is, you know, some people are just so sweet and they're just so kind and they take a long time to tell a story and like they want to get their point across, even in business, they'll just take this long, a long time. And, and I'm thinking, you could have said that in one minute, but you know, and so I struggle <laughs> with this, right? And so, um, and so as I get in a relationship with people, actually, I just had this conversation on Friday. I'm working with a new gentleman here and and I just had to say to him, uh, it was an email and I have, I have to watch because my emails and my text messages can come across short. It's not my heart to be rude. I, that's how I grew up, right? Kurt, I'm short, Kurt to the point, honest, sometimes brutally honest. And um, so in, in getting a relationship with this gentleman in a business relationship, and I just said to him, okay, so he was questioning my email and I was like, okay, here's what I mean. And I was like, um, could we make this little pact like, 
you'll never be offended by me and I'll never be offended by you. Like I, you know, this is what I do with my, with my relationships because I, 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 my heart is not, my heart is, I feel like my heart is in the right place. Like I, I, I went to the Lord one time and I was like, Lord, I just want people to look at me like, Oh, she's just this sweet aunt. And when I get older, I just want to be this sweet little kind, soft hearted woman. And Oh Lord, just make my, my voice so sweet and make me be kind. And, and you know, the Lord really did that. And it was, it took me several years, I have to admit. Um, and I finally, I said, Lord, could I have my voice back, please? I don't like it. Like, I was like, no, I, like, I missed me. And so I think, you know, some of this is just personality differences. And, and I don't think that, like, I don't mean to be short or rude or curt, you know, I can just have just two sentence responses and, and it can come across without that feeling, without like talking on the phone and you don't really understand um, each other. But sometimes even in person, I'll just be short, but not rude. I'm not trying to be rude. That's not my heart. I just feel like I can say a hundred words in about five, you yeah. know? And so some You're of concise. It, yeah. And some of it's just learning the other person, you know, mm -hmm. just having just just having that patience, you know, that hard word, that big P word, having that patience, you know, to wait and learn and um, get to know, get to know other people. But yeah, so yeah. that's well, a, yeah. that's an everyday thing for me. <laughs> it's a great segue to what I want to talk about next, because at the reason I bring this topic up as much fun as it is to just sit and have banter around it. There is a purpose. There's a method to my madness this week. And that is, if we are to be conservative women of influence, we need to understand <laughs> how to not turn people off when we're trying to win them to our conservative ideals, right? Especially when we're talking about going into our community and trying to, you know, trying to talk with people who don't look like us, minorities, uh, people from other cultures, people from other ethnicities who don't, who didn't grow up in the same kinds of neighborhoods we did and all of that. So what you just said there, Lisa, was so important that we have to, we have to have patience, but more than anything, we have to know our audience, right? We have to know our audience. Like we have to understand where they're coming from, give them an opportunity to share, but also try to understand where they're coming from and be present in that conversation, not just waiting to wield our, you know, our big, you know, conservative sword, but, but really trying to find that connection, trying to find that, that point of common ground. And only then, and I want to bring you in, Patty, to talk about this for a minute, because again, on the yeah. campaign trail, this is something we have to do. We have to learn to do Abs a crash course. Absolutely. And this is something that um, actually was very succinctly told to me this past week. And it, it really resonated with me because I, too, am a Yankee in disguise, <laughs> <laughs> transplanted down here in the South. So I totally can relate to let's make it concise. And you do come across Kurt when you don't mean to, you're just more concise. Right. Yeah. So, but what I learned this past week, and this is coming from a person um, who, who is African American descent. And he said, Patty, so many times, you know, um, Republicans in general come across and they talk about the financial aspects of something, the pros and cons, you know, you talk about the economy, you talk about, you know, putting together 401ks for the long term, you talk about these financial things, the money things, mm -hmm. the people that we need to target that are so much like us conservatively, they believe in life, they believe in a good, strong family, all of those things, 
And what we're missing is, is going in and talking to them about how do they feel, you know, listening to them because they're making on average 25 to 35,000 a year. They can't relate to somebody who's making a hundred thousand or 200,000 or 300,000. That's not what's important to them. What's important to them is how can we connect and are we actively listening to them? Mm -hmm. So that, that is something we have to be very mindful about and talking about their families, their relationships, what their struggles are, and then coming back with how, how do you overcome that? You know, Mm -hmm. how, how do you, how do you get that job that you can then advance, but then not just advance that, that money, that, that resource, how do you allocate that? Right. Mm -hmm. As conservatives and bring it full circle back around. Yep. And I'll tell you, you know, it's very, you know, it's very normal for us in society. I mean, we start out doing this in school, right? We find, we find a click to hang out with in school, right? We're either in the popular club or in the jocks, we're in the, you know, the, the theatrical types, you know, the creatives, or, I mean, we do this in school. We kind of all segregate in a way in, in our, in our school life as we're coming up, because we're trying to find what I call our tribe. You know, we're trying to find the people who believe what we believe, who like to live their life the way we like to live it. And that carries forward into society. I mean, we do that. Um, you know, we do that even as adults. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The problem is when we try to judge the others and when we also the other tribes, you know, <laughs> and when we also um, don't understand the common ground, like I may not want to go move into what they call Chinatown or I may not want to go move into, you know, a lot of people refer to different neighborhoods, you know, like when the Irish came and in you know, the Polish came, everybody kind of set up little Germany and little Poland and, you know, even in New York and areas like that. I may not want to go live in their neighborhood, but it doesn't mean I don't believe what they believe. And, you know, just because I don't want to live my life in a certain way doesn't mean as as far as like rituals and traditions and things like that. I want to, I want to be around the people that relate to me, but I think we just have to find that common ground. It's like, we have all these little nucleuses around what's the bit thing in the middle that holds us all together. And that's God. You know, these are the the values that we all can share in. So like you just said, Patty, yes, you know, they believe in family. They Most cultures do. I would say pretty much, I mean, when you look at the Mexicans, Spanish, even the blacks, they're very deeply rooted in their spiritual faith. Very, very much so. Um, some, sometimes a lot more than the, you know, than the Caucasians are. I think my husband brought up a good point earlier. He said, faith is not grown by comfort. It's grown by adversity, <laughs> you know? And so like you're saying, someone who's living on, $25,000, a year and trying to make the ends meet is not going to have the same struggles and problems that someone at a higher income bracket. Not that one is worse or wrong or anything like that. It's just we have to find the common ground. So Debbie, come in. And I, and I do see you guys watching. Thank you, guys. We're getting some great comments up here today. And Karen, Karen just said, absolutely, we must start providing solutions. Yes, it's all about the solutions. It's all about, you know, how do we how can we be conservative women of influence, Debbie, if we don't examine ourselves? Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. We have to know know our starting point, know how to find that common ground and understand that people of all ethnicities out there probably share our values. They just live a little different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, do a, I do a couple of different things based on my leadership and, and consulting business, but um, unconscious bias, which I don't really, I mean, that's like the, the hubbub or, um, mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's a couple of things that we 
I don't care where you are on, on any spectrum, um, but you have to be self-aware of your own unconscious bias. You have to be self-aware of where you're coming from in order for you to really manage the emotions and the thoughts that pop in because of that, that bias that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's accountability. You know, it is meeting people where they are in a respectful way, um, assuming best intent. Uh, back in the 90s, I had a great manager who just said, always assume best intent. Yeah. And I think that that is a huge loss right now that we just don't. We just assume everybody is out to get us. Um, we're bad because we don't agree. So we can't have conversations. Um, and then it's taking responsibility for what we do and how we do it. Right. Yeah. It's um, it's is opening the door. It's opening our hearts. It's opening our minds on all fronts. It really is just having a conversation. It's not about a debate. It's not about yeah. who's right or who's wrong. Right. Just open the floor to have that conversation. And that's that's what I'm learning as I'm walking with Christ is the I have a responsibility to my fellow human to just have the conversation and just meet them where they are, ask them to meet you where you are and not be afraid to talk about whatever the elephant in the room is, right? Yeah. I mean, diversity yeah. and inclusion and equity, that's a huge conversation nowadays. And it, I don't think that's where it starts. I really think it starts with what, what Patty brought up was, what's that unconscious bias? Where are people coming from so that you can stand on a firmer foundation in which to move forward. And it can't start with, well, you're this or you're that. It's, here's where I'm coming from. Where are you coming from? What's that common ground? And then let's have a conversation going forward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I wanna, I wanna thank you guys for this. I mean, obviously this is a big subject and we're gonna be building it out all week and we're gonna have fun with it. Um, as we wind down the show today, we are going to pray over all of you watching. But before we do that, I want to just uh, I want to thank the time goes so quick. I want to thank you, Lisa and Debbie and Patty for joining me. I'm going to give you each a chance to just have one final thought that you want to leave everybody with as we go today. And thank you to Kimber, Amy and Lisa and Karen and all of our folks watching across Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. We know you're out there. We can see you and we appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, Lisa, what do you want to leave people with today? What's a what's a parting thought on this topic? Oh, I would say be be quick to repent. Be quick to just say, "Hey, sorry, screwed up. Sorry, that came out wrong." Oh, can you forgive me? Yeah, yeah, yeah quick. Mm -hmm. How about you, Debbie? Uh, you know, honestly, I think it's about the self awareness. Just be self aware of your own. Where are you coming from? Why are you coming from that? And then pause. Like I keep coming back to that. Just pause. Just pause for a minute, breathe, and then step into the, to the situation or the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. How about you, Patty? Some parting thoughts today? I do. Um, I'm going to say actively listen. Don't just listen with your ears, but listen with their body language too. Are, are they making eye contact with you? Are they starting to retreat? And then, and then think about how you're saying it, why you're saying it, and then move forward and bring them into the conversation. Asking other questions always is, is better than just starting with I statements, right? I want you to do this, I want that. Instead, how do you feel? How can you contribute? What would you like to do? Yeah. And then go from there. Yeah, so good, 
So good. Yeah. And my parting thought would be remember that we're planting a garden, right? <laughs> we're just planting seeds. And these, if, the more that we show up with all of these things in mind and are mindful of our own behavior and how we are being perceived. I think that, like I said earlier, the, the conservative party, which is the Republican party. Now we kind of need a makeover, you know, people need to not be turned off by us. They need to be welcomed by us and we need to welcome them and understand we, we have a lot more in common than we realize. So just plant seeds, you know, you don't have to convince somebody in a day. Um, this can take place over the course of time and that's okay. All right. So we want to leave you all with a prayer today because we know that we are in a battle. I believe we're in a battle at this point in our country between good and evil. That's what it's coming down to. And so we want to pray over each of you who are watching. We want to empower you and equip you in your communities to be bold and go out and you know tell the good news, but in a gentle way, like we're saying. So let's do a prayer. Um, anyone want to take the prayer today? Would anyone like to volunteer to pray the people out today? Nope. Okay. I'm, I'm up. <laughs> all right. That's all right. All right, guys. So let's bow our heads together and just come together as, as women of God. Lord, I, I thank you so much for this opportunity to really examine ourselves today, Lord, to be honest and to be willing to listen to the areas of correction that we need to be aware of inside of ourselves, that you're going to, you are the ones that's going to do it, Lord. You are the one that, you know where we've been. You know why we do the things we do. You know the kind of day we've had. You're with us every minute. And you know that if we behave badly, you know the root of that. And so, Lord, as we first humble ourselves to come to you and ask you for, you know, some spring cleaning, help us to remember that that too will give us compassion for other people who are also a work in progress. And for us, Lord, to not be offended and for us to not be judgmental over the people. Like Debbie said earlier, you know, believe the best first, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt first. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to actually walk that out. And we thank you, Lord, for that ability and that wisdom. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies. Well, I hope you all have had fun today. Um, <laughs> I've had fun. I've enjoyed it. Thank you all so much for watching. And we will see you back here tomorrow, three o'clock sharp. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>